Welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm your life coach, Jessica Dumas. I'm a professional speaker and coach who empowers women everywhere to use their voice to take up space and change the world. My goal is to help you speak with clarity and confidence while giving you practical guidance and tools by sharing real life experiences of overcoming. So turn up the volume and grab a pen. You're going to want to write this down. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Where to start? I have another guest with me today. Her name is Diana Wayne, and I'm so thankful that I know Diana. She's so cool. So she is a mindset and manifestation coach. You can follow her on Instagram at Diana Lives. And she's been on my podcast before. She was in episode number two. We talked about grief and loss. We shared both of our experiences of experiencing the grief and loss and then moving through it. So I encourage you, if you know anyone who's going through grief and loss, to share that episode with them. And I also went a little bit deeper in an episode number 45, which I called Life and Death, where I talked even more on a deeper level of healing and what I believe about life, including afterlife. I don't think I used that word, but if you listen to the episode, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And so Diana, if you go to her link in her bio at Diana Lives on Instagram, she has a program on grief and a program called Anxiety No More. So I encourage you to check those out. And she is, she's inspirational and she's just a beautiful light and it's fun to chat with her. I'm so honored to know her. So thank you, Diana, for being a guest on my podcast again. When I first met Diana, she lived in San Francisco. And then following her on Instagram over the last little while, I saw that she moved to Hawaii and then she was living in Mexico and now she's living in Los Angeles. And I was like, this girl's manifesting some shit. I need to talk to her. And so that's what you're going to find in this podcast. So I hope that you enjoy it and I hope that you will take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram story and tag me at jessicadumas.ca. And also, wherever you're listening, if you could please leave a review on which, whichever app that you're listening on, and then also hit the follow so that you get the notification when a new episode is uploaded. And let me know what you think. Like, send me DMs. Let me know if there's a specific thing that you want me to talk about. I love to just interview people that I think their stories and what they're doing is really incredible. And I love to be able to share and talk about my own experiences because I believe that part of my journey is to step out and do things in order to be an example for others and encourage and support others. So please do that. Please enjoy this episode and talk to you very soon. So let's just jump right back into that. So yes, the last time we spoke, you had just moved to Hawaii. And I didn't even know you were moving to Hawaii. And you have to remind me where you even came from. And then like, where are you now? What's going on? Yeah, it has been a wild ride because we 
my husband, a year ago during the pandemic, or it felt still right in 21 that we were very still in the thick of the pandemic. We had always talked about moving to LA and we lived in San Francisco. That's where we met. That's where we were living. And I had lived there many years. And then there was just little things that were happening that make you think maybe I need a change. And uh, some of those things that were happening, which is really odd, unfortunately, is we lived in a in a very nice neighborhood, but there were just a lot of break-ins happening. A lot of little things that were, to me, a sign of we need to listen to this and see what the universe is guiding us to do. And that's when we decided, okay, we had always talked about moving to LA. Maybe we move to LA. This is going to be the year. Mm-hmm. So that was last June. And then we got serious about it in August. And then I started to look and I couldn't find a place. It was really odd um, because people were <laughs> would say yes. And then they would come back and say, no, uh, it's not ready. And so it wasn't falling through. <laughs> And I'm laughing because I, I, it's kind of crazy the way it all unfolded. And then, um, and so then we had a trip planned to Hawaii because I had never been and I really wanted to go. And so that's how we went to Hawaii. And when we were in Hawaii, I said, what if I look for a place in Hawaii? And then he said, okay. And then that, while we were in Hawaii, I went that night and I looked up a place and there was a place that said a November 1st moved in and we got approved and that's how we got in. So wow, just like that, just like that, following a lot of guidance and signs. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And I already know that that's how you live your life, which is, I love that it's inspiring. And I, you know, it's probably, I could say it's, I do the same thing, but yeah. I love how you were just listening to your intuition about moving because that's a big thing. It's not yeah. just like, what am I going to do with my business this week or that sort of thing? It's like, mm-hmm. where am I going to move my life? Yeah. <laughs> I do want to add that Hawaii was great and provided a lot of challenges. And I love, I know you've talked to Steph before and had her on the podcast. And she talks a lot about shadow work and learning how to integrate those pieces of ourselves that we've outcasted or the pieces that we shame or we believe aren't good of us, right? Or that we don't embrace. And that really came up for me when we lived in Hawaii because I had this expectation that it was going to be glamorous and we were going to be drinking, doing luau's. (laughs) And the place we ended up living in was Section 8 housing, which gave us a different view of Hawaii life, where unfortunately, a lot of the natives were rounded up and stripped of their land. And so it was difficult because it brought up a lot of my upbringing. It brought up a lot of those, a lot of countries have gone through civil war, a lot of populations, I keep thinking indigenous, right? Just rounded up and then outcasts or or put into, you know, just historically, when you look at conquesting, it truly has been a forced group nature, not a lovingly peaceful agreement. And so seeing that in Hawaii, where no, you know, I was naive. I grew up in Texas. We don't, honestly, in the US, we don't learn each other's state history. We just know American history and the American Revolution, but we never learn 
how the states came to be, or we don't know outside of our own state. We just know our state. So I felt very naive to hear that this had all happened to a lot of the Hawaiians and in meeting locals, there were some that told us how the Hawaiian language, which there's various because there was various different um, tribes in each island, Hawaiians didn't start speaking their language until very recently. And that was interesting, shocking for me. I was like, what? You know, here we are thinking Hawaiians is paradise, which it is. Mm. And yet there's these undercurrents of roundup and encampments, internment camps that happen. And that's really unfortunate. So there's a lot. And I have to reconcile how I felt and my role in society mm. as a human, too, because I was not expecting that. But it was oh, beautiful. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So, so today, October 10th in Canada, is our Thanksgiving. And our Thanksgiving mm-hmm. is really a celebration of, like, historically, of Indigenous people being conquered by our colonizers. Yes. And so it's like right now, you know, many people are celebrating and honoring Thanksgiving. And for Indigenous people like myself, like I made a meal for my sons yesterday, mm-hmm. but I just said, we're just, we're having a fall feast. Like I can't, I can't bring yeah. myself to call it. Thanksgiving. And I actually went to Hawaii for a holiday in 2019. And because I'm, I know my Canadian Indigenous history so well, I didn't hesitate to know and make assumptions clearly like that's what's happened to Hawaii. And so that was, it's really interesting that you said that because there's a lot of people that I know that go there for holiday. Mm-hmm. And they love it. You're right. It's paradise. It's gorgeous. And we had a yeah. fantastic time. But I was very aware of like seeing indigenous or uh, the Hawaiian people and just being able to relate to their reality. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting. Very interesting. Well, it's in the U S the same, right? It's a day of Thanksgiving. And as when you're, when we were little, it was the pilgrims arrive and they had a feast. And that's not what happened at all. So, um, yeah, and now it's a day of gratitude towards family and connection. But I don't think every there's quite a lot of people aware of what it real how Thanksgiving came to be. Right, it wasn't a peaceful, open our tribe, connect. Here's our land. It was a forced conquest, colonization. Yeah. 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 So okay, so you were in Hawaii for how long? For two months and. Again, the signs, we thought we would be able to stay. I tried very hard to extend our stay, look for places, and nothing started to come through. And then I was meditating, and I'm very big at meditating, and I kept seeing Mexico. It was really odd. It was just Mexico. And I thought, that is so bizarre and odd. Why are we going to Mexico? And my husband, Toby, is so down for whatever um what if we go to Mexico (laughs) what if we go to Mexico and he said okay sure why not and uh we flew out January 1st of this 22 to Mexico and I coming from expectation of Hawaii gonna be paradise and then reconciling what I saw I thought well who knows who knows what's gonna happen who knows why I'm being called. Maybe we're going to reconcile the culture or something. 
it was quite the opposite. We ended up staying in one in a luxurious area, super safe, not at all what's denoted on TV. It was amazing food, great people. Everything is so um so in January a lot of fear was still going on, especially with the Omni variant at that time. Mm-hmm. And and but when we arrived, that Fear, chaos that was being perpetuated in media did not really exist. It was more of be conscious, be aware, be mindful. And everybody, nobody was in each other's bubble. Nobody was trying to argue. It was just very flow and conscientious energy, which is really interesting. At the same time, very open. And um, I remember talking to... The, there was a guard at the building that we lived in in the apartment unit. It was a condo. And um, he said, the thing that Mexico does very well is that it acknowledges who it is and it opens its arms with no judgment. So we invite and allow any country to come in. We don't have visa restrictions. We don't give all these hoops on whether you should come or not come. That's always been our history to allow anybody to come in. Mm -hmm. And our politicians and everybody acknowledges that there's also corruption. So we acknowledge what it is. And it was very interesting to hear that perspective of we just acknowledge what it is versus pretending things are under the rug. Mm -hmm. And I definitely thought that was an interesting observation because I, when I reflect on people that have been in my life that maybe trigger me or maybe make me feel like, why don't they do the things that are constant of who my friends are and have been is we might not always agree, but we are honest about how we feel, right? There's no, the word that's coming up is there's no um, pretending I'm something when I'm not in the in the face of wanting to fit in. There's a lot of, for example, I have a friend that's been very open that he cheats or he used to, whatever. And, and, and he's married or was married until he got caught. But he said, he would just admit like, but that's who I am. And we're like, but that's not right. You know, and <laughs> I always would say, well, why are you friends with him? I'm like, there's a part of me that just appreciates his honesty about who he is as a person. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's a really interesting dynamic of what is important, and then it becomes a question of are those values, are there personal values that are being violated that say, nope, I'm not going to deal with that, or is there like, okay, I just agree to disagree, but I love the honesty, and therefore I accept that person as they are, you know, and that's something that was really interesting that Mexico showed it. It was like it's so beautiful. It was Hawaii was we're beautiful and we don't talk about those things. Mexico is we're beautiful and we're not ashamed to admit who we are. Wow, the contrast. <laughs> the contrast. Yes. Wow, interesting experience. Very interesting. Yes. So how long were you in Mexico? Almost three months. Okay. And we would have stayed there, but we had to come back. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we got pushed out. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you now? And so now we finally have settled into LA, Los Angeles. You originally thought you were going. Which was always the plan. Interesting. However, I will 
I'll say moving to Los Angeles was also interesting because we finally said, okay, we're going to go back and we're going to go. And when we were arriving here, we were driving. I told my husband, I said, when we arrive, I want to have a sign. LA is huge. It's the second largest city after New York. And, and a part of living in LA is figuring out where to live because it's so massive. I mean, it just, space-wise, it's huge. And um, and I said, I'd like to figure out where to live by setting a sign. And I said, I've been meditating on what the sign is. And the sign is hummingbirds. So if we see hummingbirds. I think that's going to be a sign that that's where we should live. And we li- we looked about 30 to 40 places within a week. It was in text looking for an apartment for a unit where we would like to live, trying to scope out the neighborhoods and all that. And where we currently live was the only place where we were talking to the agent, the leasing agent outside, and two little hummingbirds came and were right around us. I mean, and my husband said, did you see that It's like, yeah, there's hummingbirds. <laughs> and, so, and that's how we decided on our unit because of the hummingbirds. And it's been really neat ever since. Wow. I love it. So it sounds like... I'm I'm trying to understand like the manifestation process. So has traveling in itself been a thing that you've been wanting? Have you, do you meditate on traveling to different places? Because what I'm trying to, to figure out is like, there's the manifestation of creating, this is what I want. This is, you know, there and feeling it. And then there's the manifestations of, letting go of the outcome, trusting the universe and following the intuition, which I mean, mm-hmm. probably a little bit of both, but like, where did all this yeah. travel come from for you? Do you think? I am gravitating towards the latter where I call it letting go of the how of how it has to happen because I knew we were being called to LA. I knew that I knew that at some point we would need to come down here. And what I learned through the traveling was the letting go of the how, because as I reflect back, I think that if we would have came right directly to LA, the adjustment would have been a little bit harder because all the things that we went through in in Hawaii and Mexico in a way happened in LA where some neighborhoods during the pandemic, there is a lot of homelessness where everybody is living on the street, lots of tents, just really overfilled and overpopulated and crowded. And it's quite intense, honestly, in terms of the trash, but also trying to understand and reconcile what might cause somebody to live or arrive in that situation. And it's not a one answer. There's so many dynamics to it. And so we would see this. And then we would drive 10 minutes away in Beverly Hills and it's night and day, beautiful, pristine, just as you see it in a TV show or a movie. And so I know that the guidance was go to LA. I know that I'm still unpacking and learning what this journey is, why we are called here. Mm -hmm. But I also know that if I would have forced it, which is the letting go, forcing the how, it would have been really rough or it would have been very intense. Whereas because of a travel that was very much guided, I felt very, when I arrived, it was more of an ease, ease into. And now 
And I love um, you and I, we both receive Steph's guidance monthly. But the one that really resonated was the duality month where you understand duality. And I'm seeing that. I'm living that. And just for context, duality is around recognizing that so many things can exist within the same sphere and space. And I've always been fascinated by that, by worlds, like somebody's world. What does their world look like? I've, I'd love to follow. I've been exposed to very high wealth net worth individuals, very high net worth individuals. And I've been exposed to very low, low income individuals. And I'm always interested in the world, their mindset and their thoughts. And so LA is a melting pot of very various worlds. And um, I think had we came, we would have been so focused on why is the world this way? Whereas now I'm very opening up to duality and recognizing how duality can exist within the universe. Yeah. I love that. How that reading came across for me at the time is, oh, I can't even remember. That's okay. I don't, I don't need to go there. Okay. I love that you said letting go of the how and not forcing the how. Yeah. So what would you say that you credit your manifestations to? Like, what are your daily rituals? Like, what are your things where you allow yourself to let go of the how? How, how do you do that? The biggest thing I, in the last year, truly since we arrived to Hawaii, because that's when I can remember thinking this is going to be different. And I've always, I've not always, but I've, I've felt very drawn to the manifestation and that setting intentions. The thing that's really distinct is the intuition piece of getting very in tune with my intuitive guidance and recognizing what's my intuition versus my ego, noticing how I feel in my body, noticing when there's a loud voice and if that's my ego freaking out or if there's a extra dimension coming through. And the way I've been able to attune to my intuition has been through meditating and then adding the extra layer of journaling. So I will, for example, this week alone, I've had two dreams that I've been going to New York. So now I journal this morning and wrote New York. What does New York represent to me? And that's what came out naturally was I was journaling, not because I had the thought of the question, but I just wrote New York. And then follow, and then the following was, what does it represent to me? And then I started to reflect on how New York has always been this very hustling, bustling city, a land of opportunity, right? inception of time. New York has been a very uh, transformative place where people used to arrive. So I started journaling on that. And now I'm sitting with, well, what are you telling me about New York? I don't think it's about going to New York, but I do believe there's a symbol there, a symbology about what New York, what universe is telling me about using the metaphor and the symbol of New York, of which I need to sit with and continue to unpack and reflect. And I believe that there's a message being shown to me around stepping into some of the hustle and bustle because one thing I'm coming back to is Diana, when you and I first met two years ago, I was very much in a corporate masculine do things. I've noticed that when I left my job to do full-time coaching and consulting, 
I went into feminine and flow and let it be. <laughs> and there was a, a bit of the masculine that was lost. And now I'm seeing how this is coming back into an integration piece. The duality. Duality. Yes. Duality, the contrast. And for people who are listening that might not understand that, because I feel like that sort of, you know, takes a while to kind of learn those things. But yeah. like the contrast is recognizing complete opposites of something. And then the duality is recognizing that they both exist and that's okay. And you get to choose yeah. and flow between the two, which is like... I don't know if we've talked about it, but I've always seen the analogy of I used to think that my life was on a seesaw and that I was trying to get to one side or the other, balance it. Now I know that there is a seesaw on a playground and I get to choose even if I want to go to the seesaw. I might want to go to the swing. I might want to go to the slide. I'm understanding how things are at a playground, not stuck on a seesaw and I was so stuck on the seesaw and so stuck on trying to figure out how to get to the other side and balance off right it, it's almost impossible where you're playing back and forth ping pong Ooh, but when you take a step back and realize no we're in a playground right different I love that I actually just shared a little bit of a a post on Facebook I I got a photo shoot done and I thought well I can't just post a photo I have to write something so <laughs> yeah. I also just started I started this diary mindset of a boss bitch for mm. my private clients. So every week I send them a private message. And today what my message is about, we're always going to be on the way. And one of the reasons mm. why we feel like oh, we're not there yet is because we haven't celebrated where we've been or we haven't stopped to recognize yeah. where we have been. And so the majority of life is on the way and we get those points of, celebration and feeling the rewards and recognizing, okay, we accomplished a thing. And then we go back to on the way and we forget yeah. that on the way is okay. And yeah. so like, that's kind of what that brings up for me. I love that on the way because it takes off the pressure of I have to be and accomplish. And I almost think that there's no such thing, even if we get to the end of our life and there's more we would have done or could have done. I don't believe you know, then we get into next life and continuous lives of learning and growing. So I don't know that there's ever an end all be all. You've arrived and therefore it is and you've accomplished, you know, because I was even thinking if I truly become a billionaire tomorrow, I'd be figuring out how to make that replicate to serve and create more opportunities, right? Like, that's would right. I invest in farming? Would I invest in reducing waste? You know, like, I don't think I would stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I hear you. Which is a good thing, right? Because I think the problem with goals is once you achieve that goal, your mind is like, well, what's next? But if you don't mm -hmm. have a what's next. Um, another question, I want to go back to our earlier conversation. When you said that when you moved to LA, you were meditating on the hummingbirds so yeah what do you mean by that like did you how did you decide a hummingbird or how did you put that into your meditation I guess is what I'm trying to ask so my meditation is I'm very aware of noticing when a thought or some or image comes through and so when I was sharing that when we were in Hawaii and I kept seeing Mexico, I truly 
saw the word Mexico float in as a little wave. And when I was meditating, I asked, how do I know where we should live? And I saw a little hummingbird. I just saw that. So that's how I distinguished that was a hummingbird. So what I, I guess when I think about how it works for me is I will ask a question and notice the thought or the image or symbol that comes up. And then I take note of that. And then if I'm not getting an answer, meaning I don't see a symbol or, or I don't have a thought or a memory file, then I ask a different question because this is a, a thing I teach a lot of my clients is sometimes we ask a question like, should I go work at that company? Right. This is a career example that happens. Should I go work at that company? And it's not a very clear yes or no, or should I quit my job? And it's not very clear because then the, the mind will start saying, well, here are the pros. The pros are you have a steady salary, you have, you have insurance, you have benefits. The cons are you work a lot. And so then the brain gets overwhelmed with the duality of the pros and the cons. And so what I say is, okay, try asking a different question because your brain is a Google brain. It's going to give you different responses. And this is how we talk to the right. universe. How you ask the question is very important. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why even language is important uh, for relationships. I used to say there are no good men. So guess what? I would manifest no good men. <laughs> right? I would manifest. And, lot, and there, this is like debatable, but I really do believe being aware of the intention, the energy and the words, if it's used in a positive or a negative way, you're going to receive in that response because I do believe the universe is an absolute where it'll say, if you say there's no good men, it has to give you the no good men before it could potentially give you the good man. So why not bypass the no good men and just say, send me a great man, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why when I'm not getting a response, going back to the manifestation, I ask in a different way of, I will then ask a type of question that says, what am I not seeing? Help me see something different. What is available to me? And I... I start to ask questions where I distinctly notice the answers, right? Or notice the symbols and signs. And it's not a clear, Diana, move to, move to Hawaii. And in two months, move to Mexico. It's not that. Wouldn't that make life easy? It would make life easy. And then I think if we did know, our brains would find ways to not make that happen. Yes. I think the ego would say, no, that doesn't make sense. That's no, crazy. you're not going to like that. How does that work? And then it wouldn't do it. It would find all the reasons why. So I, that I, I do think there's a definitely a methodology to the madness because otherwise we would find ways to self-sabotage and not make it happen. Absolutely. Oh my God. Totally, totally. Yeah. So a couple of things that I'm taking away from your experience is letting go of the how and getting in tune with intuition. Yeah, your intuition, which I know is huge. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about your experience with manifesting? Yes, I think this is important. And I learned this from Hawaii, which is it is around letting go of the how and the expectation and also recognizing that when it feels like a disappointment, right? Because for me in Hawaii was a manifestation. And then I was really sad because I thought, oh, we're in section eight and it's not as luxurious and nice and da da da. da. But just because that happened doesn't mean it wasn't a great serving event for me. And I think that 
when sometimes when we achieve or get the manifestation and it doesn't necessarily play out as how we might have hoped or thought, we think, oh, we screwed it up. Oh, you know, this is bad. Or why did I listen? When in reality, that event could really serve us because we do need some duality to have that perspective, to appreciate the things. And so being in Hawaii, when it wasn't all that amazing as I would have hoped, it was still an amazing manifestation. And I trusted that I that process, that event was going to serve me. And it has. It really served me. So for anybody that's manifested and they get they get there, they've arrived and they think, I got it, I made it, and it doesn't exactly work out as planned, that's okay. There is a that's beauty so juicy. in there. Yeah. I love that you said that. Oh my yeah. God. I love that you said that because I <laughs> again, like back what I was saying about everything, like the majority of life is the journey. The majority yeah. of life is the in-between, the on the way. And you're right. Like there are times where you'll get to a thing and you're just like, yeah, I've made it. This is it. But then you kind of look around and you're like, is this really it? (laughs) (laughs) Is this, it's, it's like getting a new job, right? And they do a great job recruiting you. And then you get there and you're like, this is not what I thought it was going to (laughs) be. That's sometimes what happens in life, but it could serve you, right? And then that's like, let's talk about that. How does it serve you? Like, how do you go from that place of this is it (laughs) to, okay, this, like, how do I make it serve me? Like, yeah, I that blank right now. It's so funny. Um, (laughs) I really think that's where strength, perseverance and resilience comes through because even it, even when uh, my sister passed away, and in the previous episode we talked about that, it was a moment of surrender for me. Like, okay, this is the card of hands I was dealt in this moment. What? How do I play the, this card of hands? What do I need to do? And for me, it was I'm going to roll up my sleeves and roll with the punches and know that I'm supported. And that's, I think, a very important piece of knowing and trusting that you're supported. Because when I look back at every tough experience, there was equally the right person, the right event that supported me through that as a guide or as a mentor or supporter, that it's hard to ignore that that didn't exist. You know, when I my sisters passed away. I was working in a corporation that was toxic, but my manager was the most empathetic, compassionate person. And it was the timing of it. My sister passed away. He was my manager. I came back. I got promoted. I He was not my manager for a year and a half. The month before my sister passed, my second sister passed away, he had been rotated into a new group of which he ended up being my manager again. Mm. So we had, he was my manager. He went away and he ended up being my manager right again. The month before my sister passed away. It's it's like, and he was again, right. So he was, I mean, I just couldn't believe when I called him, I was like, you were not going to believe this. And and he, and he knew something was up because I called him at midnight. I was like, you're not going to believe this. And I'm so sorry for calling you. He's like, do not apologize. Do not explain yourself. You take care of your family. Call me when you're ready. And I didn't. I didn't call for two weeks. It was crazy. 
but I think about how that right person was there to support me and guide me. And it, that's just an example. There's many of the examples where that has happened to me a lot. Even in Hawaii, we had a friend that we met, that we met at the health and wealth retreat four years earlier. And she happened to live in Hawaii. She just showed us so much. It was just, it, there's just so many guidance along the way that it, I think of it as, we can have the blinders or we can open up, roll up our sleeves and say, okay, there's a reason why there's a, this experience is happening. Guide me. What would you have me do? What do I need to do? How do I move forward? And that guidance and support always comes through. Amazing. I feel like that's the perfect way to round up this conversation. Yeah. And what I take away from that last part is to surrender and to let go. Yeah. What What would you have me do is one of the words that you just said. And you're right. You have to be in a place of accepting it is what it is. This is what sort of got me through some of my hard times with loss, with divorce, with being a single parent, all that sort of thing was it is what it is. And I am where I am right now. Yeah. I'm supposed to be where I am right now for whatever yeah. reason, not understanding it or not knowing it yeah and just letting go just letting go of where you thought you should be or how you thought things are supposed to be exactly and i think the secret and very important ingredient is believing and trusting that it's all working out for you and your highest good mm -hmm. when i take a step back you know and i'm, I'm we're human for me I definitely have my moments where I'm like, oh, God, it's so unfair. You know, I have those moments. <laughs> yeah. And then... You work as very human. And then I'm expressing it, releasing it. Then it's like, okay, I know you love me. And I know you have my back, universe. And great, what would you have me do? You know? But And so I acknowledge what is. I acknowledge where I am and what I'm feeling. And I allow that. And then it's just like, okay, you know, then once that's done, it's like, okay, what would you have me do? Wow. Oh my goodness. I love that. That's super helpful. That's not something that I've ever said is I know you love me. I know you have my back. What would you have me do? It's amazing. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> so Diana lives on Instagram. Yes. And so what are you offering in your coaching right now? So right now we have one-on-one -on -one coaching focused on loss career and love, my favorite topics, and all of that to set up. And the way I do coaching is I help you heal any blocks that anybody has so that they can create the life that they love and then thrive. And thriving is the manifestation. And so that there's a whole journey on loss, career and love. And so you can find me at Diana Wayne. You can book a complimentary session. Um, I'm happy to help. I'm integrating all my experience between love, career, and loss. And it's been an epic, epic journey. So just want to invite anybody, if they want to check me out, to come to Diana Lives on Instagram and book a complimentary session. Fantastic. Thanks so much Thanks. for your time today. Thanks Thank for sharing you. all of those personal stories of your experience in like bringing manifestation to life, like yeah. really incorporating your intuitive spiritual life into the world. Yes. Thank you. And thank you for what you're doing. There's so many people 
that have told me they've listened to the podcast and they're like, I love the confidence. I love the communication. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Yes, 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 yes. So keep doing it. I'm just so honored to be part of your podcast again. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Yes. Thanks so much for being here and listening to the podcast. Miigwech, ekose, merci. I want to take every opportunity that I can to tell you that you are worthy. And if something in this message resonated with you, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And send a link to your sister, your best friends, and your cousins, because if there was something in this message that resonated, then they might want to hear about it too. If maybe taking a screenshot is your thing, share it on your Instagram story. And don't forget to take me at jessicadumas.ca. Thank you.